Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as he does on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And we are back. We're almost done with the first first round of the playoffs. Um, I think every series is either 3-1, 2-2, or in one instance there's a 3-0. So which we'll get to. I I don't want to name drop yet, but we're getting there. Um, but in any event, pretty, pretty good start to the playoffs. And honestly, a surprise. I think if we went back to our predictions last week and honestly, our, our pre playoff even start predictions. Yeah. I don't think it would have been like this. No, but I also think a lot of that has to do with injuries. Like, I think there's so many things that we couldn't have predicted. Um, but then there are other things that I think, you know, and we're probably going to end up starting with them, but. Like, for example, like, I mean, who expected Boston to be up 3-0 right now? I don't think anyone. 3-0? they were going to win this series. I didn't think they were up 3-0, but I, Come I fully expected them to win this series. I had them, you did. we go back to our, well, I, I said, six games, seven games, Boston. I, yeah. All right, so let's just dive into that series. While we're, while we're on the topic, you were sure. right. You definitely, you liked the Celtics here. I didn't. I, I thought it was going to be I the I love Tatum. I love Tatum. I love Brown. And if you look at, like, the highlights and everything that Boston's doing, it's not even, like, they're playing great basketball. Yeah. But then after that, it's, like, the little things. The the They seem to be gelling. They seem to be having fun. They just seem like a team rather yes. than a bunch of guys who are out there playing basketball. Kind of like the Nets, where, like, you can see – Kyrie's frustrated. You can see Kevin Durant's frustrated. You know, they, they, they're trying to figure out the lineup still. Like, they're playing Blake Griffin, but, like, was Blake Griffin playing all that well? Why not just stick with Claxton? Like, why not play Drummond? How come Drummond isn't playing more, right? Like, do you trust Drummond? Or, right. There's so much uh, discontinuity, and there's not a openness or a, a, a... I just find the Nets lacking... I mean... In, like, enjoyment. They don't find the game... Fun. It's it's a weird locker room. So I think it's funny how we went from the reason Durant and Kyrie went there, which was the culture that they had built with Kenny Atkinson and D'Angelo Russell and all these guys, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, you know, none of none of them are there anymore. They pretty much stripped yeah. all that for what Kevin Durant and Kyrie wanted, um, which fine, that works. I mean, they had James Harden. They were in a position where I think going into the season, everyone had them pegged as the favorite to win the finals. But when your team is, and I don't, I don't like throwing the word dysfunctional around lightly because I don't, I think there are different degrees of it. What's going on in that locker room is truly dysfunction between the midseason, you know, Harden basically not playing and being like, I want out everything with Kyrie and the vaccine, not playing. You get into Kevin Durant missed a lot of time with an injury. And then everything Ben Simmons right now, like, and I mean, it just seems like Steve Nash has no control over that locker room. It just seems yeah, like a bad place to be. The Kyrie thing is obviously weird. We knew Kyrie is kind of like a weird guy. But did you see his um, comments after Game Three that are just so ridiculous about how like, they the Celtics have, they have had been all gelling. the time to gel? Yeah, 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 yeah. and, and the like, Nets haven't. Dude, all you had to do was take the vaccine, and it just wouldn't have been a problem. Like. Which and medically is, is cleared. Like, it's not even part of... And for you to be yeah. using that as an, as an excuse right now, like, then blame yourself. Literally, it's your fault. No one's going to take responsibility on that team. And no. I think one of the reasons that Harden didn't really want to be in Brooklyn anymore was because Kyrie didn't really seem committed to winning a championship. 
No, it doesn't Harden was like, like, what is this? Here's the but thing, then, too, is you look, at, you look at what the Celtics are doing to the two stars on that team right now. They're holding Durant and Kyrie to, like, 25 shots a game. Because they have they three, four guys that can guard all of those, guard one through five. But with Smart, Tatum, Brown, Grant Williams, yeah. Robert Williams played a little bit coming back. Um, I mean, they're even <laughs> switching Horford onto some of these guys. Like, they're yeah, doing I mean, a Horford, great job. I'm not so confident in Horford guarding Kyrie or Kevin no, Durant. But, no, 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 no. But, like, worst comes to worst, like, he can hold his own, you know, so what they get one shot off or something like that. And, you know, they find ways to work around it. I think Horford, who is still a good defender, is questionably the weakest defender in some of their lineups. Yeah, I mean... Which is, like, crazy to think about. Their defense has been fantastic. And I think it speaks to what you're saying of, like, accountability and, like, just a general... It seems like there's a good... They, they, I don't want to say they're they disinterested. They want to play with each other. But the or Nets... You're talking I mean, about you the Nets. At, yes, I'm talking about the Nets right now. You look at the way that they're handling this. Like, Durant looks like a ghost. He looks like a shell of himself. He does not know how to handle that Celtic defense, and he's not even attacking it. He's being so passive, which, yes, there is a way to win a series deferring and using your passing skills to win a series. We've seen LeBron do it. Like, mm-hmm. there is absolutely a way to do that. When but you there's can't an aggressiveness you still need to have. Exactly, and he is just being so deferring to everyone else. There's no reason Bruce Brown is leading, and this is what happened in Game 3. He led the team in um, attempts. There's no reason for that when you have Kyrie. He should have been leading the team in attempts. No. And yes, he's and going that, to be open. That's what the Celtics are doing. Yeah, I think part of what it is is the Celtics are trying to make Bruce Brown beat them, which is what you should be doing. But like, And it's working. KD and Kyrie should be putting it upon themselves to be generating points and plays for yes. the Nets. 100%. At some point, you got to put your head down and score. I mean, that's literally everyone has been talking about it. How many times have people said, oh, Kyrie is the most skilled player ever? Go create a shot for yourself. No, he no defender be, is good enough to, to guard him, truly. With his Kyrie played moves, very well game one. Yes, he did. He had a good game one. Uh, 40, um, and honestly, to Durant's credit, Durant was finish. okay um, in game two. I think he had like 27 or something like that. Um, so they've each kind of shown some flashes, but even so, they're just so passive and lackadaisical. And that doesn't even get into their defense. Like, their defense looks terrible. It took, honestly... Their defense has always been terrible, though. Like, we knew they weren't going to come out and guard anybody. It was... Right. it was They were going to try and beat you by scoring more than you. So... And, you but. know, here's the thing, too, that I look at this team and you're like, all right, they need an anchor defensively. They have one. Mm-hmm. And he's he clearly is ready to play, and he's claiming he can't because of his back. Ben Simmons should be getting out there. I understand you haven't played in a year, but... Get out there and help your team. He was, yeah, he was doing I, this I, big tour of like, oh, maybe I can play in Saturday's game three. Ah, it's going to be game four. You don't do that and then suddenly just shut it down when your team goes down 0-3. You go try and play. Look at Robert. Look at Time Lord right now. You're going to tell yeah. me that after three and a half weeks of that surgery, he's ready to did play? We not, Probably not. Do we not? Do we did, like? Have we expected more from Ben Simmons? Has there ever been a moment in Ben Simmons's career where we're like, Ben Simmons will show up? No. He won't. He's shy. He, he gets shy in the big moments, and you know he's not going to be there when you really need him. Yeah. I which mean, sucks. But truly, this is it. Like, it's hitting the point of no return with him, where I don't know. I, I really hate to draw, I, I like, make conclusions or, like, you know, create scenarios or something like that. But the, the Brooklyn Nets feel a lot like the Lakers, where, like, these superstars come in to a, a decently well built roster, 
and kind of ask the front office to make the changes because there's not immediate success. You know, how come, like, do you think the Nets would be better off if they'd stuck with Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and D'Angelo Russell? Like, if they'd stuck with those guys, don't you think they'd, they'd, they'd probably be winning some games? I think D'Angelo Russell was a really great player the year before KD and Kyrie got there. And it would have been nice to just kind of see them grow with each other and build some trust, I mean, have continuity. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, I think take D'Lo out of the equation because you traded him to get Durant, which fine. Uh, I think okay. it's, it's one of those things where you're going to do that 10 times out of 10. It's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And especially when that means you're getting Kyrie too. You absolutely do that. That said, everyone else, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, like they had all these guys. I'm like, sure, would all of them still be there right now for sure? No, I don't think you can just jump to that conclusion. But at the same time, you're right. There would be some degree of continuity, and I think that supporting cast would be a lot better than it is right now um, because they stripped everything for parts in that Harden trade. And then in the Ben Simmons trade, it got weird again. Like they just kept making moves to try and get better right away, and they didn't really have the foresight to think that, hey, this might not work. Also, Joe Harris has been out for a lot of the year. I don't think That's he's so. like a huge impact player, but no, he's I definitely mean, he's bigger their, than Patty Mills or uh, Seth Curry, right? And he kind of he's their third best player, I'd say, at the moment. But yeah, but I mean, when they when when Kyrie and KD first came to the Nets, the roster was Kyrie, Spencer Dimity, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, Jarrett Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, and then they just had some role players after that. Jamal Crawford played a game for them. Yeah. Uh, like, think about it. Think about the players you just named and like the difference of, yes, they were building that culture there that everyone revered. Then you had KD and Kyrie come in. And remember the whole fight over them starting DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen and yeah. they were friends with him? Like, you look, it's exactly what you said. The superstars come in, they kind of want to make the front office decisions when it's not necessarily the, the right move for the franchise, long term or short term. You, you have to, if you're a player, you need to say, I need to trust my front office to do their job properly. Right. And these guys will, right? Like you, you just have to, you, you have to place your trust in your team, in the organization itself. You can't, you can't ask people to do something for you. You just need to trust that they'll work it out in the best way they possibly can. Exactly. And, uh, you know, like, again, he, I was talking about the Lakers and kind of how LeBron comes in. He's like, okay, I want a second superstar. Tracer Anthony Davis, fine. They did win you a know, championship, but, so that's a little different. Yeah, they did win uh, the bubble, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they haven't had success afterwards, right? And like, where would they be if they if they still had if they had kept that core when LeBron was there first, and they just barely missed the playoffs? It was what Lonzo, LeBron, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Pretty good, but they probably wouldn't have a championship. Is the thing. They probably wouldn't. And so I think but I feel they'd be I feel like trade be for in Davis, the playoffs. Yeah, but I also think that trade for Davis, you do and you would do it again. But mm. you look at some of the subsequent moves they made, letting Caruso walk, trading for Westbrook instead of other pieces. Like okay. all they had to do was, and realistically, I think the front office was probably going to do it, was make trades to get better supplemental pieces to the two of them rather than mm. making that home run swing of getting a Westbrook or you know, stripping your your team of its assets. So you're right, though. It all leads to the same thing where there is this intervention of the players where, yeah, you want to keep your stars happy. And if they have an idea that's going to make them happy, you kind of got to do it, especially on the heels of them winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I see that. 
but you have the flip side where everything crashes and burns. Like it's kind of happening for both these franchises right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the right answer is. Um, that said, the Nets are down 3-0 and realistically about to get eliminated in the first round. I think part of it also is like, who wants to be on these teams? Because when you, when you start playing for the Lakers and the Nets, you kind of understand it's a business. You get reports like uh, when Lonzo was on the Pelicans and Kuzma was still on the Lakers, like Lonzo was saying to Kuzma, like, you're next. Like, like they're going to, they're going to cut you. They're going to trade you. Like they they don't care about you. Right. And there were reports earlier in the year where Drummond was like, I don't want to be here in Brooklyn. Like I'm just here for the year. Like you don't want players saying that you want people to be there. You want players to be happy. You want, you want things like Bobby Portis in Milwaukee, right? Where I come, I walk into a situation. I'm unsure about it, but as I've continued to be here, I started, I love it more here. I want to be here. I play great basketball because I feel inspired to play great basketball. You know what I think a lot of it has to do with? It's checking your ego at the door when you come in. You say, we're all looking at this common goal of winning a championship. Actually, I was listening to, I forget where Richard Jefferson was saying it, but he was talking about that season with the Cavs when they won. Mm -hmm. And he goes into this and he's like, yeah, I wanted to win for myself. I'm not going in there to win for LeBron for his legacy. Like that had nothing to do with it. We all went in there because we wanted to win. We all want to win. Sure, we deferred to LeBron because he's the best player on the team. But you go out there and you say, hey, I will do whatever it takes. What do you need from me like tonight against this team? Like, I'll go do it. And then that way you all work together. And like, if you have everyone willing to go do that, you're going to, you're going to succeed. You're not seeing that with Brooklyn right now. And you sure as hell, we're not seeing that in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think, but right. And so here we are, we go back. You see it in some of these other teams, like the Boston Celtics, the guys guys on that roster are doing exactly what they need. They say, coach, what do you need from me? And if, what you need for me is for me to sit on the bench every night. Fine. I'll sit on the bench. If you, what you need for me is you need me to play five minutes or you need me to pick up six fouls, right? You, you do that. You know, you, you play your role, you do it to the best you possibly can and you make the adjustments as we go. And that's the other thing is I don't want our talk about how, you know, dysfunctional the Nets are to overshadow how great the Celtics have been. Cause exactly like you just said, cause the Brooklyn Nets are a good team. And if the Boston Celtics weren't playing great basketball, I bet you the Nets would have won at least one. Yeah. Exactly. And so on top of that, I think you have to give credit to Ime Udoka. He clearly got everyone to buy mm-hmm. in in his first year there. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Jason Tatum, what he's doing right now, I think he's propelling himself. Is he a top 10 player in the NBA right now? I could definitely make that argument. You could start making the case. Like he is truly propelling himself into that, that upper echelon of superstardom that I think we were mm-hmm. all kind of like a little too early on. I think we were giving him that credit, you know, right before a year COVID or two ago. Hit. Right. And because he was starting to take off, but he clearly was a little off. But if you, you know, even if you look at his playoff stats comparatively, both mm-hmm. years, last year in the first round, they played Brooklyn and lost three or four one. This year, they're up three zero. His numbers are almost identical, except he's averaging six additional rebounds a game. And so I look at that and I say, OK, he clearly has shown growth in other areas because they're succeeding against essentially the same team now a year later. And so you see what he's able to do to go do the little things to help you win night in, night out. And sure, they tinkered with the roster a bit, but at the same time, like he's a true leader on this team. And so mm-hmm. then you, you trickle down there from Jalen Brown playing just, again, doing exactly what he needs to do. He'll pick up the slack when he needs to be the scorer, but he also will do everything else. Mark Smart defensively is just unbelievable what he's doing. I think now. also, I think Marcus Smart started to make better decisions offensively. There are definitely times when I'm not so confident in his 
I'm not so confident in like his shot selection or when he's throwing the right passes at the right time. Sure. I, there's definitely times when my faith in him wavers, but I think he's played very well throughout the whole season. So the whole yeah. series. Definitely. So. And I mean, then you, you start pulling in, you know, pretty much everyone else. You look at what Derek White does and coming off the bench, like he, was he, I don't know. You think about his, their roles on other teams and the way they've come together on this Celtics team. And like, it is exactly what we were talking about. They're playing to win. They all seem to have that common focus and that's why they're up. Sure. It helps the Nets are collapsing, but at the same time, like they're playing great basketball. So I think it can be both of those things going on. And I think it is both of those things going on. I don't know for sure. And, you know, we're recording this Monday before any of the games. I don't know that the Celtics end up going in and getting a sweep tonight, Brooklyn, especially considering the NBA put Scott Foster on the, uh, the game. So you yeah, figure the fix is in, ways. right. The fix is in one way or another. It's either they're trying to get the sweep and like punish the nets or they're trying to keep the nets alive either way. You know, yeah, we'll, see, I'm, we'll see who gets text. I yeah. thought the, I, th- I thought another thing, uh, I like uh, the maturity of some of the players. I feel like the Celtics, obviously some of these guys are really young when you think about, Tatum and Brown, right? They're like the same age as me and um young. So um, and you kind of see that cause problems in the Memphis, Minnesota series where like Kat literally becomes a whiny, moody teenager every time a foul is called on him. He like cries about every call. Sometimes you just gotta walk away, you know? And I think the Celtics have done that well. So we'll see what happens tonight. Obviously, Scott Foster is very fast to call technical fouls some of the calls he makes are questionable at best yeah no i mean Um, like it's it's bad i think there is no sugarcoating it he's one of the worst referees in the nba and so and usually it's it's not even just that the calls are bad it's that it's inconsistent mm -hmm. one team versus the other so i don't want to create excuses for whichever team loses tonight but my guess is he's going to play a part in it um but I don't know. You know, I'm still enjoying the series. I feel like every game has been very fun to watch, so I'm looking forward to it tonight. Um, the games have been a lot closer than they – obviously the first game was decided at the buzzer, but um, right. I thought the score – I thought the games were a lot closer than they felt. Yes. So, like, Celtics won by seven, Celtics won by six, but I feel like either team could have taken it. So Yeah, oh, totally. Um, and so, yeah, I – I do. I think that that series has been great. And I think it's revealed a lot about both teams. Um, mm-hmm. I similar, I similarly think that of all of these other series, I think that there are insights that I'm pulling from some of these teams that I didn't necessarily see until playoff basketball started. And so I mean, uh, can we, I want to, I want to assume that Boston moves on to the next round. I'd like to see them play who I think is going to win the Milwaukee Chicago series, Milwaukee. Okay. I'd love to see Tatum. That's Tatum, what I want to do here. To. Right. So like I, um, here we are talking about Tatum playing really well, obviously against Kevin Durant. Um, let's see what he can do against like a Giannis and Middleton's been out. Middleton uh, might be out that whole series. For this, I thought he was only out for a couple weeks. I know, but think about it. That could start next week. And so True. it's an MCL injury. It's scary, especially, it you know, when they're so reliant on him and yeah, these two teams do match up well, even without Middleton. They, they're clearly, it's going to be a great series, assuming mm-hmm. that that's who makes it. Um, but I do, I, I am, I'm shocked at how well the Bucks have played in the absence of Middleton against the Bulls. 
that's kind of what I wanted to pull from that series is we all assumed it was going to be a sweep. We thought the Bucks were going to blow them out of the water. And sure, the Middleton injury helped lead to one bull win. Um, but ever since that injury, ever since the injury game where, you know, it's hard to adjust mid game when a, a, an integral part of your team gets hurt mm-hmm. ever since. I mean, the, well, didn't, didn't tomorrow also have been, 40 that game? He did. He went off. But then in the other two yeah. games, the Bucks went absolutely nuclear and blew them out. And so they are showing that it doesn't matter. Next guy up, we're ready to go. I mean, you. I mean, I think, you mentioned Bobby Portis is like a an example, but uh, that's yeah. for the big men. But they're going to. Everyone is like that on that bench and on that roster, where they're just going to go in and they're going to grind out and do whatever they can do to win. Well, Grayson Allen is shooting the lights out. Which who knows if that stays. But I also think part of that is Giannis draws so much attention that it makes it the low. They've been so tripling Giannis. Yeah, which and is what I'm I sure. Would if, do. If, if Middleton was, was out, on the floor, him. it would be a. Du- yeah, I mean, if Middleton's out, if Middleton's in, maybe it's a double. But even then, like that's still creating a power play somewhere on the floor, and I'm sure Giannis can make that pass. The yes. fact that you're bringing three guys, one from the paint and then one from the perimeter, it just makes it even easier for Giannis to find these guys. So, right. I mean, Giannis last game, 32 points, 17 rebounds, and seven assists. Yeah. And so, like, An still had two blocks. Unbelievable. Unreal. And so... And there's other guys on this roster who can step up, right? Like, we talk about Middleton being out, but it's not like Drew Holiday is a bad replacement as the second best player on the team. I do want to say, though, you look at... Yes, I agree. But you look at everything we've been saying about the Celtics and their defense. They're going to throw combinations at the Bucks. They haven't really been seeing from... The Bulls. The Bulls are not a great defensive team. I would. The Bulls are not. Yeah. Well, I'm very intrigued to see what this looks like, especially without Middleton, because you could conceivably see another Giannis Wall that you know the Raptors threw at him all those years. You know, back when Kawhi was there and that sort of thing. I mean, the, the lineups are going to be Robert Williams or Al Horford at center, and then you're going to have what Feiss or Williams, Grant Williams, also on the floor as well. So there's going to be bodies in the paint, and it's not like Tatum's easy to get around. He's big. Brown's big. Right. Marcus Smart can hold his own. So, Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I do. I think that series is realistically shaping up to be a good one. I just don't think there are many other insights to pull from that other than, you know, the Bucks are going to win. We kind of knew they were going to win. But this Middleton injury is a huge threat to their, their title chances because if he's not back next series, this Celtics team is damn scary. Like I really right. could see them winning that series. Let's let's say the let's say the the Celtics try and go big. I feel like the Bucks can also play big. They have Ibaka, they have Portis, they have Lopez, they have Giannis. Right, you can play. They Giannis have a lot of bodies. You can play Giannis at the three, right? And then even then, it's like Brooke Lopez can shoot, Bobby Portis can shoot, Serge Ibaka can shoot. So it's like even though the Bucks might be playing big, it's not that they don't have spacing. Right. Yeah, it's which a, is, it's, it's kind of scary. Combo. Yes. And so I, I do, I still think that they'll probably end up beating the Celtics with or without Middleton. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, what do I know? Cause I thought the Nets are going to win the series. So uh, clearly my radar on this Celtics team is off. Um, It'll but- definitely be a v- much closer series. The Bucks are, I think the Bucks are much more of a team. And I even think the Bucks would kind of kill the Nets in a seven game series as well. So yeah, I think so. Uh, too. I think the Celtics um, and Bucks are much more even than we'd like to believe. Yeah, I think so too. I, and I mean, this series has kind of shown that to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
you know, I, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I think that could be a great series and it could be one that determines who goes to the finals. Cause honestly, looking at the other two series in the Eastern yep. conference, I'm not convinced by any of those teams. I, well, I, I mean, realistically, it's going to be Philly and Miami. They're both up three, one right now. And mm-hmm. I doubt, I mean, Trey young has been a shell of himself. He's averaging what, like 17 points a game. This they're, just, they're just keying in on him and they're saying someone else is going to beat us. It's not going to be Deandre Hunter. It's not going to be Herter. Bogdanovich had that one game and they absolutely, when he, he played really well and the, the Hawks won it, but Beyond that, it's been, it's been all heat. It's been all. They're heat. forcing someone not named Trey Young to beat them, and in a seven-game series, it's gonna it's gonna be easy to beat that team. So. I do think, and right, and I don't want to take that away from the Heat. I think they're playing great defense, and their game plan has been spot on. And the Hawks mm-hmm. haven't been able to adjust because I don't know how you adjust. You know, I, there is no adjustment. They they don't have the personnel to make the adjustment. Right, exactly. And it gets back to what we talked to on previous episodes where we're talking about them going and making tinkering with their roster and making changes to get him a second option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do. I think realistically the Heat get through. I think Philly is up 3-1. Fred Van Vliet is out tonight. Um, I do I, I, think... It, it's, it's sealed here in... They're back in Philadelphia, aren't they? They are. For game so five. you're going to have Thibel back. Yeah. But... It's over. Yes, it's over, but... That Embiid injury, that um, ligament it injury mean a in lot. his hand, in his thumb, I mean, he didn't look good since that injury. Like, truly, the last game, game four, he was not himself. He was not seeing himself a lot of all. bodies. They're, I mean, uh, Nick Nurse has kind of complained about some of the calls, and uh, I think Embiid's getting fouled, whether or not they call it. Sure. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I definitely lose a little faith in Embiid because he's injured. Uh, a little bit of time would definitely help that. I don't know how much time they're going to get if Miami wins their series. And it's the back in Miami as well, so we right. kind of expect them to win in five. And I'm not so confident in Harden to kind of lead this team. I, I don't know. That's just me. So Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's shown that he can do it in the playoffs. Like, he's won series kind of by himself mm-hmm. before. So I do think so. Um, I think against this Raptors team, you can kind of get them through, but then you're right. In the next round against the Heat, if Embiid is a smart, intelligent, well-coached team. And especially, like, they are deep and very versatile. They they have a lot of switchable players, um, and they can do a similar thing to that Sixers team that they're currently doing to the Hawks, especially if Embiid is out, which I don't think he's going to miss time, but in the event I don't think he's... He won't miss time, and I'm a little concerned with the Heat's size. They don't have a lot of big guys, right. but uh, I don't think like Bam's a bad matchup by any means. I think Bam's incredibly strong, despite the fact that he's only like six nine. Right. Um, but obviously, even beats hurt. It's still it's going to mean less if PJ Tucker and Bam Adebayo are taking turns guarding Embiid. And yeah. like Dwayne Deadman, but uh, it comes down to Harden, and obviously the Heat are going to make it incredibly difficult with Harden. They've shown it with Trey Young. They have a whole bunch of different guys on the perimeter who can play defense, who want to play defense, right? Jimmy Butler, Max Struess, uh Gabe Vincent. Yes, they had Oladipo. Oladipo played a little bit because Lowry's out, but I don't. I'm not exactly sure what happened with Lowry, and I'm not exactly sure when he's going to be back. I think they're just taking it easy with him. Um, 
I think it was his back. Really, um, yeah, there's really no reason to rush it. So yeah, no. And so right, and especially too when you're realistically you're looking. Odds are maybe I'll give the Hawks one more game at absolute best. So you're either going to win the next one or it's going to take one one additional game. And so I don't see any reason to play Lowry until they get through to the next round. Rest them. You're going to win. And so especially, too, if the prospect is of playing a weaker Philly team, you want to make sure you're as healthy as possible because then you can go get up on them early. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. And especially, too, let's say Embiid is playing. He had 21 points eight rebounds and three assists, which is for some people, a good game for him. It's, it's off. Not so much. Um, and that's, that's the most recent one where the hand was injured. Right. You, and uh, also you yeah. factor in there five turnovers and no blocks. Obviously the hands hurting him. Yeah. Clearly it doesn't feel great. Um, you, you, you kind of hope that he'll have a, like a 20 and 10 game every game, but you kind of expect a little bit more out of him. Right. Um, no, and so I, I do. I think that's why you look at the state of both the Heat and the Sixers, and right now it feels to me that whoever wins that Bucks celtics series might be in prime position on. to go to the finals. I mean, unless the Heat can piece it together um, and I just, really vindicate even if the heat, how I felt earlier. If I just, the Heat I don't piece know. it together, I, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Celtics or the Bucks. I don't think they're as good, but I think they're they're great. Like they're really I in that category. They're gonna they're gonna put up a great fight, and they're gonna lose in six. Interesting. We'll see. I, just, I mean, I, I think a lot can change. We've seen it's been a week of playoff basketball, and we have like three or four significant injuries. Like so much can change, and so I don't want to jump to conclusions. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like the Heat. I, I think they could realistically get back to the finals. Um, but speaking of significant injuries, want to switch over to the Western Conference because I want to talk about Phoenix and Devin Booker. I, want, I do. So okay. Um, obviously, Devin Booker um, hamstring injury sounds like he's going to miss um, only the two games in um, New Orleans, which they split. So now the series is two mm-hmm. two. Um, but as much as we were talking about how good the Suns looked in the absence of either Chris Paul or Devin Booker. They haven't looked great without them. Uh, the Pelicans are a revamped team. I, I think uh, I think they have a solid roster. They're obviously missing Zion, which uh, I think there were reports like the Pelicans and Zion are at different places on where they think he's at with his recovery. Right. Which I think is really bad because – my roommate and I were talking about it yesterday, and we think that it's Zion who says he's ready to play. It's the Pelicans who won't allow him to play. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. Which is not good because I'm sure as a 20-something-year-old kid, you want to be out there playing the game you love. I'm sure and you know, he's getting a lot of heat. Everyone's like, oh, he looks fat. He looks fat. But I'm sure if he was out there playing basketball every day at a high level, like he has his entire life, he wouldn't look so fat. And I'm sure if he was playing – and he was averaging 25, 12, and 5 a game, no one would be calling him fat. They'd be like, wow, Zion's really great. My roommate and I were also talking about this the other day. We were like, is he any more thick than Kyle Lowry? Oh, my God, yes. I mean, Lowry's Lowry's different. Lowry's Lowry's very different. Because Lowry's concentrated just in the glutes, 
Whereas Zion, Zion is thick, but in different ways. <laughs> La- La- Larry's got a little bit of a stomach, but what I'm saying is that Kyle Larry is like six seven. Do you don't you think he would weigh a good amount? So I... it'll be great to see. It'll be great to see Zion get back. It'd be really great if he was shooting threes at a high rate and efficiently. It's asking a lot. It is asking a lot, but I also would rather have Zion who shoots thirty one percent from three standing out there than Jackson Hayes. Sure, because uh, it goes there were times yeah. there were times when uh, I was watching the game and Jackson Hayes was standing out there at the power forward position, and they weren't even guarding him. No, they were why just, would you? Was, the ball would move to the corner, and they'd be like, "Okay, it's time to rotate the ball and see if we can get a three point shot on the weak side." So you know, they'd pass it up to the wing, they'd pass it to the top, and then the next pass was Jackson Hayes, and they weren't even guarding him. Yeah, and and the pellet, the guy at the top of the key was like, "I'm just not going to pass it. Like, we just got to get a reset here." But yeah. Brandon Ingram's looked really great. CJ McCollum, I think he had one game mm-hmm. where he struggled, but again, he's also played very well. Don Junis had a huge game last night. Yeah, um, they weirdly so, match up well with the Suns, um, and especially too, your like, guy. I mean, Herb, Herb was, Jones. Oh my God! I mean, last I night him. in that win, he was in, like out, truly instrumental in them winning. He plays great defense. I, you know, I. I I think he's going to be a valuable player. I don't think he'll ever be an all-star, but right. at some point he will be a high, very high level, very sought after role player by all these teams. And it's great that he's on the Pelicans because they're building something here, right? Like they just need to get Zion back. Yes. I prefer not to see them beat the Suns because I feel the Suns are like the true contender in the West. Golden State's looked really good. Yeah. But I also I'd like I to think- see Phoenix continue. I also think with Devin Booker, it's a different story. Like they are kind of capitalizing on the fact that he's out. hundred um, percent. Right. And so, yes, they won one with him or they won the one where he got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, like, do they win? Do they really win that other one last night? If Devin Booker's in the game, I'm not sold. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think, yeah, it's great. That the Pelicans are fighting and they're showing that, you know, the playing tournament is a great addition because you give teams like this that are hungry and kind of as I forget the exact term you use, but like they are rejuvenated going into the back half mm-hmm. of the season with trades and health and whatever. It gives them a chance to go sh- show like, hey, we deserve to be in the playoffs. And they're really doing that right now. Um, but I still think it's the Suns and I still think they're the favorites to come out of the West, even despite this little road bump. I mean, last night, Chris Paul was two for eight from the field, four points and a minus 14. He had 11 assists, which is great, right? But if the Suns want to win a game like this, you need him to oh, need him to score 15 on eight shots, right? Uh, yeah, the, at least, yeah. And so there I were do. times when he looked frustrated. Uh, I, the guy from Alvarado, New yeah, New York, yeah. He he really seemed to get in Chris Paul's head, totally. which is surprising because you you expect Chris Paul to be like this very calm, mellow, under control kind of guy, and that's kind of who he's built a reputation as in the last couple of years, but. You kind of see him get carried away emotionally as he, you know, yes. the violations add up and the turnovers and the the passes are difficult and whatnot. So, but I think it, it you know, it speaks to what the Pelicans are doing. You know, they have a, a bunch of guys who bought in and they're playing hard mm-hmm. and they have nothing to lose and they're going for it. Um, it feels weirdly similar to where the Suns were in the bubble when they went on that eight zero stretch and you know won all those games. Like it has that feel where it's this younger team with a lot to prove and they're hungry. Um, so, you know, I do think the Suns are just – there's more talent there, and they're going to win this series. 
but I do think that the Pelicans are in a good spot for the future. Like I think they have a lot of solid, solid pieces to move forward with. And when Zion gets back, they're going to be, they're going to be good. They're going to be a playoff team. Like regularly. I'd like to, I'd like to see them move Falanchunas for some wing depth. Cause why not? Like a Jackson Hayes is already starting here at power forward. Or maybe you move Jackson Hayes. I don't know. Yeah. You need to move one of your centers, especially if you're going to retain Larry Nance, because Larry Nance can play both power forward and center. They're going to need to do, they're going to need to model their roster very similarly to what the Bucks are doing. Um, because Zion is just more of that interior presence, kind of like how mm-hmm. um, Giannis is for the Bucks, and have more of those shooting bigs. And so mm-hmm. Valanciunas does kind of fit that mold. He does, you know, go in a little bit more. Um, Jackson Hayes, I think, has to go um, as value as he could be, you know, as like a backup on the bench. He just doesn't really fit mm-hmm. their mold. Um, and I think if they can kind of tinker with the roster like that, I think they'll be fine because they already showed that they have the wings and guards to be able to fit around Zion. And so now I think it's just figuring out that center position. Mm-hmm. But fair enough. But I do want to focus on Phoenix because let's say we both kind of are assuming they're going to advance. Um, their next round is going to be against Dallas or Utah, who. I mean, that series has gone back and forth. And yes, Luca is back now. So I wonder what that's going to look like. But they lost the first game with him. And sure, that's his first game back. I don't want to put too much stock in that. Um, but I don't I, think, I think either of these teams of, are pushovers. And so I think it could be a good series with the Suns. I think part of the reason why they lost that game was because they're like, oh, Luca's on the floor. We have to give the ball to Luca. Right. Whereas, and I mean, it is kind of clear he is still like he's favoring, you know, the other foot. Like he's definitely not a hundred percent. Which I would I mean, rather Luca not a hundred percent than no Luca at all. So thirty points is great. But why not? Like, okay, Jalen Brunson has been great for us all series. Why not get the ball to Jalen Brunson? Yeah, no, I think so. I think they definitely need to diversify their their playbook a little bit, especially now when you've seen what everyone else is capable of doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I also want to give the Jazz credit there because they kind of knew how to neutralize him. Um, and I'm sure going into the series, their game plan was centered around him anyway, um, mm-hmm. which is why you see Brunson going off when it's like, okay, wait a minute. We didn't have a plan for this guy doing what he's doing. Um, so, you know, I think there's levels to this where I think the Jazz are more prepared for a team with Luka Doncic than they were for a team without. Um mm-hmm. But I do think that as Luca gets a little more comfortable and gets back on the court, they're going to be fine. Like, I think they'll probably end up winning the series. Um, the way the Jazz have held leads all year, but especially in this series, I just don't trust them. And I think in a close game, I'm taking Luca. He's shown he can be lethal. You know, he's hitting, he's hitting these clutch shots. He, hit, in he, out. he had a couple of big shots down the stretch. It was just the last possession. Right. And uh, Dwight Powell missed two free throws. Yeah, and I which mean, cost him the game exactly. So, um, but I do. I think if the Suns can get healthy, that's not a pushover of a series. But I think it's very important to them to get out of this. If they can get out of the Pelican series, they're probably going to be okay because you get a healthy Booker if you give him a little time mm-hmm. to rest. Um, so I think that's got to be your focus. I think you have to win the next two against the Pelicans because you don't know who's coming out of this series. And, you know, they've been playing against better talent than you have right now. They're going to be a little more battle tested. They're going to come in. They're probably going to punch you in the mouth because I'm Mm -hmm. sure both those teams are both the Mavericks and the jazz are equally hungry as the Pelicans and better. Um, 
So I don't know. And then obviously that leads us to the other half of the bracket where Golden State has looked pretty unstoppable. I mean, part of that is that Denver's missing Murray and Porter, but I agree with you. Golden State is exceptional. Can I say one thing about this series that I don't understand? It's the discourse surrounding Nikola Jokic about how he's not doing enough and he needs to step up and do more. Like, what more could you possibly ask from the guy? He's literally... He's doing as much as he possibly can. Yeah, it's out of his control at this point. And sure, they're doing a great job defending him when they're only sending Draymond Green at him. Like... It's hard. It's gonna be hard for him to get anything else done because, yeah, unless you beat Draymond one on one, which he kind of has. I mean, he's been putting up like thirty points fairly regularly. So, yes, he is, and the assist totals are still high. He's doing everything he possibly can, but everyone else stinks. And the Warriors, well, are, their death lineup, their new one with Jordan Poole, Steph, and Clay, is mm-hmm. proving to be way more dominant than I think anyone expected. The emergence of Poole is one of the craziest things. He's been very good. I think part of – well, so the, the Nuggets won that last game. And it was kind of – Jokic played exceptional, as he always does. But I think part of the reason why they had won that game is you have Monte Morris, who scores 24 on 11 shots. That's really great. That's something that Jamal Murray might do on a nightly basis. You had uh, Bones Highland off the bench, 15 yeah. points. You kind of expect that from Monte Morris, right? You expect Monte Morris to be that scorer. It's great that Bones Highlands can do it. But these guys who aren't really stars, you, you need them to step up and play star-level roles for them to win. Again, it's just they're not healthy. Golden State's a great team. Yes. I don't have anything against Denver. I just – it's so difficult without your second and third best players. Exactly. And that's why I think next year they're going to be a threat. They're going to be a legitimate threat because everyone's going to be healthy. Odds are not going exactly. Um so hopefully I, I you want to see they, them do well, right? They're a team that I could easily see rebounding and next season being like a true threat to win the championship. Um, they just got to stay healthy. And right now they're they not. And that's healthy. why the Warriors are taking advantage. Um, that said, I think the Warriors are going to run train on whoever wins the Memphis uh, Minnesota uh, series. Memphis stands a better chance. I think Memphis could take a game or two, but I think you're, I, I yeah, it won't that be series fun. has been ugly. I mean, like, yes, it's been kind of fun because uh, it's two young, fast-paced teams, but, like, it's been sloppy at points. I don't feel confident in either team any given night. Um, and the you're, fouling I mean, you mentioned has been crazy. The fouling has been crazy. You've mentioned the whining. It's been hard to watch for both teams. Um, and so the that's only, why I'm... The, the only person that I've watched in this series, I mean, there's a couple guys, but the the... The one guy I've been super impressed by was Desmond Bain. Obviously, he had a great season. Never complain. I rarely see him complaining. And when he does complain, it's like, okay, maybe the ref shouldn't have called that, right? Right. Um, John Morant, obviously, he's been exceptional. There's definitely been times when he'll do something, and I'll just be, like, ridiculous. Like, yeah, like- who? the only person in the whole world right now that can do that is John Morant. Right. Which is why, you know, he's in the NBA and whatnot. Um. Anthony Edwards has been great. I've seen him be a leader. I think D'Angelo Russell's been a leader, but I'm almost disappointed in Towns in a way. Why is um, that? Because he, he really is a complainer. He is a little. Yeah. Like he is the weakest link on the Timberwolves. Great player. You obviously. Think he's the weakest link on the Timberwolves. I would, I would much rather build around 
Edwards and D'Angelo Russell than I would around Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. No way. There's no yes, way. I, Anthony, Anthony Edwards will be a top 10 player in the league at some point in his career. I mean, I, he's showing he has the potential offensively. If when he buys in on even, defense, maybe. He had two steals and three blocks in the last game. I know. But I'm saying, like, during the regular season. Like, it's got to be night in, night out. It's, it can't just be, like, you know. He's so athletic. There are times when he, he gets, like, he'll go challenge someone at the rim. He'll go challenge Jaron Jackson at the rim. He gets way up over Jaron Jackson. And he make, and that yeah. makes these finishes so easy. Like, the little floaters off the glass and whatnot. It just gets so high. You can't contest it. He's also, shooting his, the lights out. I was going to say, his jumper looks good, which is something I was never – coming out of the, into the drafts, I was not confident about that. Um, it's only going to improve, and I think he has right. a swagger about him that makes it that makes you very confident in him. He's very confident in himself, and because of that, I'm very confident in him. Fine, but there is no way in hell you're saying you'd rather pair him with D'Lo than with Cat. There is no way. I could trade Cat for someone – I could trade Cat for Jarrett Allen, and I would I would see similar success. My opinion. No, I disagree. No way. I think you could trade D'Angelo Russell for I don't know. I'll use Celtics did. You bring in Derek White compared to D'Lo, and I think it's very similar. I find Towns to obviously he puts up numbers, but I feel they're more empty than anything. They beat the Clippers when Towns played his absolute worst, right? right. And. You know, if Townsend plays absolute best, but the, the game wouldn't have changed. And that kind of shows you that they don't rely on Cat to be good night in, night out. But if Anthony Edwards played terribly in that game, they would have never won. And if Cat had played well, they probably still wouldn't have won. I just don't find him to be a winning player. That's just I, how I feel. I He's not a, he's not a game-time player. He's not going to step up in the playoffs. He just is Cat. He is a player. I, and he's a good player at that. Man, good, not great. I, I don't know. I think I disagree with you, Luke. I think he is really great. I mean, he's a top three center in the NBA right now. And how hard is that, though? Like, name name hard. a center. Jokic and Bede, and then after that, I feel it's pretty even. It falls really far off after that. I don't know. I, I definitely, uh, I'm a believer in Cat. I guess I also just like him. Could you could you argue that Gobert is the third best center in the league? No. Why not? Because I mean I think Embiid and Jokic are the two best in the league, and then I think it goes Cat after that because he's actually a threat from the perimeter, and Cat's fine defensively when he locks in. Like, yeah, night in night out, he's not great. Kind of the same thing I said about he Edwards. Fouls over. Ridiculous amount. Fine. But Rudy Go- Gobert can't do squat on offense. So I'd much rather Cat. Could you argue Aiton to be the third best center? He's averaging fourth most playoff points. Let's go back to the regular season. Regular season points. It's Embiid, Jokic, Cat, Anthony Davis. They're listing him as a center. Porzingis, Randall. Could you argue Bam to be the third best center? He's up there, but no, I'd rather Cat. I'm just not sold on Cat. I don't think he's a winning player. Fine. He reminds me. He's, he's, he's different, a, differing opinions. He's there. a Ben Simmons type guy. Like when things get really, really tough, is Cat is Carl Anthony Towns going to be the best player on your team? Oh, he's shown he can go off. So uh, going off, ain't it? 
Anybody oh, can hit yeah. a three, you know? If I chuck up enough threes, one of them's going to go down, you know? And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Carl Anthony Towns is garbage. Yeah. I just don't think he's a winning piece. I don't think he's going to be the first or second best player on a championship team ever. All right. Fine. I just, I, yeah, I think he's your number two, but I think if you have Edwards with him, I think that's a perfect one too. So, like, you know, I don't really think any center can overly be your number one, unless he is like a, like truly like a Jokic where he's facilitating more than he's doing scoring. Um, Like even Embiid, I think he is more of a a second option than a first. As crazy as that sounds. I think you need a wing to be your primary option. You need a wing with guard but, skills. You need a LeBron. You need a Kawhi. You can pair them, and I think it's okay. I just, I can't. He's an all star, but I just, I like, I. Wow. All right. Just because you're an all star doesn't make you. I was not expecting this, this cat slander during this pod. You did, know, like, did not see this coming. If Carl Anthony Towns was a winning player, how come they didn't make the like the only time they made the playoffs was when they had Jimmy Butler, and it was the Wiggins Butler Towns Tibbs. right? But it took it took Jimmy Butler to be on that team for them to make the playoffs. And as soon as Jimmy left, they were garbage again. How is that possible? If you have an All Star in Towns, you have an All Star in Wiggins. Wiggins wasn't that though. He wasn't that yet. Also, he's he's an all-star because he's playing alongside one of the best players in the NBA. Like he's in the perfect situation for him to be good. But Towns should have, if Towns was really a championship level player, he would have made that difference for Wiggins too. All right. It's a fair, it's a fair criticism, but I also think that's how long ago that's five years ago. The last time they got in was like what? 2018. Oh, let me ask you this. Yeah. I don't know how long it was. What type of leaders? What type of leader is Colin Dini Towns? Is he is he organizing their offense? And you know, are they, are they running an offense through him? Are they running their defense through them? When I when I watch the Minnesota Timberwolves games, Anthony Edwards is organizing the offense, and D'Angelo Russell is organizing their defense. Carl Anthony Towns has no leadership role on that team, which makes me believe he's not a championship player. People don't want to get behind him and follow mm-hmm. him to the end. People want to get behind Anthony Edwards and follow him to the end. People want to get behind D'Angelo Russell and follow him to the end, but not Towns, who's your arguably your best player. I don't know. I think he is a good locker room presence. I don't. I would be shocked if people aren't following him in that Timberwolves locker room. I'd be I think shocked. he's a really nice. I think he's a really nice guy. He's probably very friendly. Probably makes a lot of friends, but he's not my guy on the court. Oh my god! All right, fine. He's not your guy. More for me than Luke. I am riding right. the Timberwolves. I hope they can get through. Because I also think that would be a fun little uh, little series, the, the Wiggins-D'Lo series, just going against their former teams. Yeah, they I think both these fun. teams have a lot to figure out. I think both these teams need to learn how to play playoff basketball. I think Jaron Jackson needs to stop learning how to – has to learn how not to foul. I think Carl Anthony Towns has to learn how not to foul. Yeah. I think Carl Anthony Towns has to learn not to complain to the referees, even though the call is questionable. One guy, one guy I really do respect, the one person I've, I've come to respect the most out of everybody in these playoffs so far, Brandon Ingram. Always liked him. When something doesn't go his way, he just laughs it off. He's just like, all right. He is good like, at that. He is. He, nothing gets to him. He's so locked in almost all the time. Yeah. I, I, so chill. He's so calm. That's what you need. Yeah, So totally. And I mean, I think that's why they tied the series at two. 
and Devin Booker getting hurt, but also like they're just, you know, they have a good leader there. Um, yeah, they do. No, but all things considered, I, I think these playoff series have surprised me and it's kept me engaged. Like I really it's don't think a great first has, round. it has been, I don't think anything has really gone according to plan. Um, like truly to a T. And so it's made it more interesting. It's made watching every game more fun because I haven't been able to just write some games off other than really the heat Hawks series um, where I've just been, Oh, it's a blowout. I don't want to watch this. Like I, I'm going into this knowing this is going to be a blowout. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy a weekend. And then with good Lord, some absolute juggernaut matchups to come. This is, this has been a fun playoffs. I'm pretty happy. All right, who do you who do you got in the games today? First, uh, four o'clock on uh, seven o'clock Eastern on TNT. We have Boston Brooklyn. Who you got winning? I think Brooklyn, and I'm, okay. I don't know. I just think Durant's not going to just roll over. I think he's going to start okay. chucking, even if he sucks. I think he's not rolling over. I'd be shocked. Um, I'd like to. I, I think Kevin Durant could have a big game for sure. So I'm going there. I also just there's no way they're getting swept. How are they getting swept? A team that good on offense. How are they I'm getting going, swept? I'm going Boston with the sweep here. Wow. Okay. Offense sells. Offense sells tickets. Defense wins games. Yeah. All right. Fine. Who do you have in the next? All right. Game? 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. Toronto, Philadelphia. Philly. I think Philadelphia is going to pull Philly's this out. Closing it out. Back, back in, back in Philly. And Beats no now had a game to settle back in with the thumb. No Fred Van Vliet. Uh, yeah. You get Thibault back, which will make it harder for some of the guys on Toronto. So I'm saying Philly closes it out here. Same here. And then last game of the night, 9.30 Eastern, Utah-Dallas. Who do you got? I have Utah, I think. And I know it's in Dallas. Um, I like Utah. I do. I think okay. – I don't know. I guess I just – I trust their supporting cast a little more. Like I trust Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson more than I trust, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and Maxi Kleba. And like, yeah, they've had, they've had good games, but – I don't know. I think like the third, fourth, fifth options on the Jazz do more for me than on the Mavericks. Jazz are a much more complete team, but when you look at the stars, Luka Doncic is the best player on the court every for game. Sure. Absolutely. I so, think that's the that's the difference. You think the Mavs are winning? I think the I think the Jazz will pull this one out. I think the wow. watching the series, I'm 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 a little questionable about whether or not Dallas is going to move on past the first round, which really hurts in, on the inside because I'm such a Luka Doncic fan. But uh, I think if they can get back to that good defense, they'll be okay. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, two jazz wins and then the series is over. But I think if Maxi, I think the key to these games is Maxi Kleba. If Maxi Kleba plays well, it's, it's a lock. Isn't that funny that he's the key? <laughs> I mean, no, he, I think he was, we're going to get the same thing out of the stars. We know we're going to get there. So we're going to get we're going to get twenty five and two out of Mitchell. We're going to get yeah. like you know fifteen and eleven from Gobert. Doncic is going to have a thirty point triple double. Right, and exactly. there's nobody else really on. It's a question about the supporting cast too, and that's why I like the Jazz because I think their supporting cast is a little better. Um, Clarkson is much more consistent. Yes, Bogdanovich is much more consistent. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. Obviously, it's a big game. Uh, tied at two, game five could mean a lot. So I know. Our, we could look silly tomorrow when I release this episode because we, we both just put our money where our mouth is and, and made some pregame predictions. So we'll see what happens, I guess. I'm looking forward yeah, to we'll it. See what All three are fun series. For sure. Yeah. But, all right. This has been the Hoop Troop Podcast. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And join us next time for more Playoff Hoop Dreams.